Let us pray. Lord, as your scriptures are read and proclaimed this day, we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that our hearts, our minds, and our very lives may be transformed by your holy word. Thank you for your gift of scripture, we pray. Amen. So, you know, the other day I was thinking about all the things I get to do as the pastor of Groveport United Methodist Church. And there's a lot of great things I get to do. One, I get to come in every day and keep Nancy from doing her work. Sometimes I get to chase bats around. But I also get to meet with you and, and, and share in many of your uh, life adventures, the good times and the bad times. You know, there are a lot of very important things that pastors get to do in the life of, of, of a church. Of course, the one that most people know is me standing up front looking all snazzy in front of you every week. But there's more to it than that. You also have, as they say, the Marian and the Barian. But I got to tell you, as a pastor, over the last 20-some years, I've done a lot more Barian than I have Marian. Now, you might think that that would upset me, but I've got to tell you, as a pastor, I would much rather do a funeral than I would a wedding. If I have a choice, which one would you rather do, a funeral or a wedding, I would choose the funeral each and every time. And it's not just because people can be a little bit difficult at weddings. Oh, do I have some stories to share with you. But it's because a funeral really hits at the heart of the gospel. A funeral is where we, well, we basically see where the rubber meets the road, as it is said, of our faith. It is where what we say we believe becomes very, very important. You know, death is, is one of those shared experiences of, of all human beings. Now, there's always that off chance that Jesus might come again before the end of my life. So I don't want to say 100% chance, but you know what? It's been 2,000 some odd years and it hasn't happened yet. So I'm going to say... The chances are not good that Jesus will return before the end of my earthly life. Ecclesiastes 9.2 reminds us that death is the, the great equalizer. 
It says, everything is the same for everyone. The same fate awaits the righteous and the wicked, the good and the bad, the pure and the impure, those who sacrifice and those who don't sacrifice. The good person is like the wrongdoer. Funerals speak to this universal human concern. And as I said, to the heart of our faith, to the heart of the upcoming Lenten season, to the heart of the Easter resurrection. So for the next few moments, let's talk about probably the most unhappy subject we can, death. I'm sure if you thought, what's Pastor Rick going to talk about today? He's going to talk about dying. Woohoo! <laughs> then we get to have a potluck afterward? This sounds like a great morning. <laughs> but just hang on, it gets better. It gets better. So, real quick, what happens after we die? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't really 100% know because I haven't done it myself and I haven't reported back. And you know, humans appear to have been wondering about that question for as long as we have been around. Uh, the earliest undisputed intentional human burials date back 80,000 to 100,000 years. And uh, the interesting thing is those ancient burials were actually found in the Holy Land uh, of, of, of all places. And uh, both of these sites uh, show uh, intentional burials and, and show uh, that people were grieving for the lost ones. And, and it shows that as long as we've been around, we have been concerned about death. The good news, though, is for believers in Jesus Christ, death is not the end. It is a transition to eternal life in the presence of God. The gift of eternal life is available through faith in Christ. We uh, have been saying this for the last few weeks when we have been reciting in various forms um, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in life eternal. Death for a Christian is not the end. It is just a time of transition. And this reminds me of the one and only funeral joke that I know. You might be thinking, Pastor Rick, please tell me you have not used a joke at a funeral. Oh, yes, I have. <laughs> it goes like this. There was a printer and he opened up a bigger shop in the downtown area of this little town. And on his day of his grand opening, he gets this beautiful, huge bouquet of flowers. He's not sure what this is about, so he, he looks at the card and it says, Our deepest regrets, Bob and Marge. Well, two things. Why would somebody have regrets about me opening a new store? And two, he didn't know any Bob and Marge. 
So he calls the florist, and the florist says, oh my goodness, that was a mistake. That uh, uh, flower, those flowers were supposed to go to a funeral, and the funeral got your flowers instead. And so the shop owner uh, uh, asked, well, just out of curiosity, what did the flowers, my flowers, I went to the funeral, what did the card say? And the florist said, it said, congratulations on your new location. See, I told you it wasn't going to be that bad. <laughs> but that is really what a Christian funeral is all about. It's about congratulating somebody on their new location. For believers in Jesus Christ, death is not the end. It is but a transition to eternal life in the presence of God. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, God has prepared things for those who love him that no eye has seen or ear has heard or that haven't crossed the mind of any human being. For those who die with Christ, they will rise with him on the last day. Romans 8.38 Reminds us of this. Now, what you'll see is there's a little cross out because I screwed up the uh, uh, attribution there at the bottom. But it says, I'm convinced that nothing, nothing can separate us from God's love in Jesus Christ our Lord. Not death or life, not angels or rulers, not present things or future things, not powers or heights or death or any other thing that is created. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And as Christians, that brings us hope. That brings us peace. That brings us comfort. See, we might not know exactly what happens after we die. But that's okay because we know who is on the other side waiting for us. Reminded of a really old story. Yet it really captures what, for many Christians, is the, the comforting thing about our faith. Now, this was way back in the days before cars, and, and a man was very sick. And a doctor came in his horse-drawn carriage to check on his patient, which I'm, I'm sure you do all the time. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and the doctor brought along his dog, he left that dog outside on the front step as he entered the house. And the doctor sat down beside the bed of the sick man, and he took his vital signs, and he told the man that the end was near. And the man asked, Doc, what is death like? What's on the other side? And, and at that moment, the doctor's dog began to whimper and to scratch on the front door. And the doctor said, do you hear that? That's my dog. He's never been in your house. He doesn't know what it's like in here. What he knows 
is that his master is on the other side of the door. And if his master is in here, it must be okay. My friends, our master is on the other side of death's door. And so while we might not know exactly what death is like, we can know that it's going to be okay because Christ is there waiting for us. So you might be asking yourself, well, this is all great and fine, Pastor Rick, but how can I believe in life everlasting with Christ? Well, here are three things that, that bring me comfort when I think about it and help me to not just believe in everlasting life with Christ, but to count on it happening. The first is people's experiences. Now, as I said, people dying and coming back and telling you what it's like doesn't happen all the time, but it doesn't mean that there aren't people with some pretty nifty stories. And I was doing some research on it this week. And you can ask Nancy, because every time I came across an interesting story, I would run in, didn't I? Run in and go, guess what I heard? Guess what I just read? And she would go, uh-huh. <laughs> I expected her to make a sign that said, busy typing your bulletin. But she didn't. She was nice. A recent study found that one out of 10 people who survived a cardiac arrest had some form of near-death experience. You know, people have a lot of stories. And as poor Nancy heard, I shared several of them with her this week. But I have one that I want to share with you that actually happened to me. Now, this isn't an actual near-death experience, but it's, it's, it really, I think, calls to um, the fact that God is with us as we transition from this life to the next that this would have been, uh, oh, uh, probably, goodness, 20 years ago now. I am getting old. And there was a, a gentleman at the church that I was serving, and he had uh, uh, dementia of, of, of some sort. I, I, I'm not sure if it was Alzheimer's or what. He had some sort of dementia. And uh, he was a very sweet man. Um, he... Uh, he uh, uh, after each service, he would always hand me a, a little Bible verse he had written out he, for me to read during the week. It, it was very, very sweet. Then one day, his family was called, and he was caught walking down the main street of our little town, like literally down the double yellow line of the main street. And cars were dodging him. And that's when it, it became obvious that he needed to, to, to go someplace for his own safety. And, and, and I, I used to go visit him uh, at the uh, nursing home in beautiful Pleasant, uh, Pleasantville. And uh, uh, so, so remember, for some reason, and I still do this, I always tend to go visit people right at lunchtime. I, you know, it isn't like I don't know when people eat their lunch. And I would sit in the uh, um, dining room with this gentleman, and uh, they, he and, and, and the people he was eating with would just share all kinds of, of wonderful, crazy stories, and they would include me in the stories. I must have had a lot of adventures in the 40s and 50s, according to them. 
but, but it was lovely. He and his family had been great musicians their whole life. They had a little family band, kind of Partridge family style for many years until this gentleman got to a point where he couldn't uh, play anymore. And finally, uh, he was in hospice care. And the day before he passed, I get a call from his one daughter who said that it, 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 the doctor had said it wouldn't be long and, and if I could come. And she said there was something that they wanted to tell me when I got there. Now, this gentleman had not known his family for well over a year. When I got there, his daughter was in the hallway crying and she told me what had happened. They had gotten there and he knew exactly who everybody was. 100% knew exactly who everybody was. He knew, he knew everybody's name. He had great memory. And they sang songs for about an hour. Then uh, I got there and we went in and I'm sitting next to his bedside and I still remember this. He goes, wow, what do you think of that? And I look at him and I said, well, what do you mean? And he goes, the music. What do you think of that music? And I said, what, what music? He goes, you can't hear the trumpets? It's so loud. And then he had a smile on his face. He passed not too long afterward. I think he was hearing the music of heaven? I think so. I don't have any other explanation for it. I've talked to people who work in hospice and they have some really awesome stories. But it doesn't really matter what life is like after death because we know that Jesus is there waiting for it. The, 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 the second thing we know is that Jesus talked about life everlasting. For instance, John 11, 25 through 26, Jesus said this. He said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. I believe in what Jesus said, don't you? And if Jesus said this, then I believe that it's true. There's nothing Jesus has said that hasn't been true. I believe in Jesus. I believe what Jesus said. And if Jesus says that he is the resurrection and the life, and whoever believes in him will live even though they die, I believe that that is true. Jesus talked about it. But perhaps... The biggest reason I believe in life everlasting with Christ is the resurrection. In Jesus' death and resurrection, God gave us a definitive answer to that existential question of death and life beyond death. Clearly, Jesus was crucified, dead, and was buried. There are witnesses to this. His friends grieved and mourned his death. But those same friends claimed that on Sunday morning, after his death on Friday, Jesus stepped out of that tomb. 
And not only did Jesus step out of that tomb, but he encountered others. He encountered his friends. He encountered two disciples on their way to Emmaus. These men and women who claim to have seen him, who claim to have eaten with him, who claim to have touched him, and claim to have been taught by him for 40 days after his death, these folks never changed their story. And in fact, many of them suffered because of it. So I believe in life everlasting because of the resurrection. Paul claimed to have encountered uh, uh, Jesus, of course, on the Damascus Road, but he had visions. He had profound experiences with the risen Christ. Uh, he even wrote in 1 Corinthians 15 that Jesus appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at once. Most of them are still alive to this day, telling Paul about it. My friends... Out of all of the beliefs we have about Jesus, the resurrection is the most profound because it is the culmination of all those other beliefs. Because God loved us so much that he gave us Jesus who died for our sins, we now have the hope of eternal life with him. Now what that eternal life is like, I don't know. but I know that it'll be grand. And I can't wait to see it. C.S. Lewis once wrote that how we view death impacts how we live our life. See, if you believe in life eternal with Christ, you're going to live your life here on earth a little bit different. You are going to be free of the, of, of the fear, free of, of, of the disappointment that this is all there is. And you're going to live your life with hope, with love, with enthusiasm. So my friends... Let us live lives, not as people with no hope, but as people who have the hope of the resurrection and allow the hope of the resurrection to inform our decisions, to shape our lives, to shape how we live, how we treat others, how we view ourselves. I believe in life everlasting. Amen.